Hey, hello, leavers, believers, and anybody else who wants to know where all the money goes. This is Leaving Hillsong, and today's episode is called A World of Trouble. And that's because, as you might know, Queen Natalie Moses has filed a complaint in the Federal Court of Australia about an adverse action that has occurred in her workplace, and her workplace was Hillsong. Now, this is a very serious matter. You won't be making any jokes today. And so I was fortunate enough to come across a lawyer, and his name is Alex Spencer. He has a history not only with the AOG personally and professionally, as a former executive officer of the AOG and the ACC, but he's also completing a PhD at the moment on churches, their tax rules, and uh, child abuse. Importantly, he's also a church child abuse survivor. And so we're just going to jump right in to his view of the documents that have been filed by Natalie Moses. Following Mr. Spencer's comments, Barry Bowen from the Trinity Foundation will be back. You know Barry from the Money Trail episodes at Easter And he's going to take it from the US side of things and put this in a global context. So hang in. Right to the end, there's going to be two parts to this episode. And I hope you'll love it all. Here's a world of trouble, part one. So thank you so much for your time today, Alex. We all really, really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. All right. So Alex, tell us about the legal action that Natalie Moses is taking against Hillsong? Well, it's a very interesting legal action. And um, generally, or it's a, an employment uh, claim against Hillsong. She's an employee. She's claiming uh, a workplace uh, dispute with, with Hillsong as her employer. Mm-hmm. That's part of the issue, and that's obviously a big issue for Natalie. The secondary issue is, I think, far, far bigger because she is making a claim not for... Uh, unfair dismissal, which is capped at $79,250 for damages. She's making a claim for adverse action, which is a whole different um, set of conditions and rules. There's no capping on that. Now, the big thing is, the the interesting thing with uh, with, uh, adverse action claims is that she's making a claim based on the fact that she has been either injured in the workplace, in this case, emotionally or mentally, that they've altered her position uh, to her detriment and they're discriminating against her to some way to her detriment okay. because of her role. Because she's, the argument she's making is she was doing her job as the compliance officer, as the compliance manager for the, for the charity. She was doing her job, but she's been now punished for doing her job. And the issue, the big issue here is not necessarily the dispute an employment dispute between Natalie and Hillsong, with all respect to Natalie, the big dispute, the big issue here is the, the very fact that she's made 12, or she's exposed 12 issues of corruption, misappropriation, and illegal conduct. Wow. And that's now being exposed to the world. Wow. That's the issue. That's what she's pivoting on. And because she's been dealing with those issues, and she tried to deal with those issues internally within Hillsong, and they failed to deal with them adequately to her satisfaction, she has gone externally to the um, Australian Securities Commission, got them involved, which is her right to do so, 
And now uh, a powder keg is blown up here. Either which way, whether whatever happens with Natalie Moses and Hillsong is one issue. The bigger issue here is that there's a, a time bomb sitting under Hillsong right. because of these okay. 12 other allegations. And okay. so that's, okay. you know, uh, that's where okay. she's at. All right. So, I mean, just uh, just for some context. So how did this all come about? Like, what's a compliance officer? What? How did this all start? Well, interesting thing with um, Natalie, her role with Hillsong, she's been there for two years, both part-time and full-time. And she's the fundraising and governance coordinator for their financial division within um, with Hillsong City Care. So as a result, uh, Natalie had access to 10 years worth of financial records and 10 years of board minutes and so forth. And she was able to oh. see a pattern of behaviour and a number of issues and instances that have occurred over that period of time. And under her, under her watch, she could see things that were going down. And she was obviously had failed to, to get Hillsong City Care to be compliant to the law and to deal with things properly. Okay. And so she's had to go externally okay. um, under special whistleblower provisions. Now, whistleblower provisions enables her to breach the contract. See, every employee has a contract um, that has a non-disclosure terms and conditions within the contract, or they have a separate NDA. We all know about NDAs. And generally, NDAs lock you up and shut you up okay. talking about the organisation. Okay. In her situation, she, uh, Hillsong City Care has whistleblower policies internally, and also the law externally enables people who are perceiving or, or seeing issues of uh, misconduct or illegal conduct to take that uh, information to an external party, particularly if you're a company, which Hillsong City Care and Hillsong Church is a company as much as it is a church. And so the rules apply, um, the whistleblower rules apply, where they can go then go to the Australian Securities Commissioner and say, look, we see some serious concerns here. Can you please get involved and deal with this? Because she has had a breakdown with her um, professional relationship with her CFO. Hi. Things have not worked out as the way she, they should have. So she's taken the next step, and that's what's happening here now. Okay, so, uh, I mean, what's the process um, I mean, I mean, a lot of people already know in Australia the Fair Work Commission. You know, somebody thinks they've been fired unfairly, and they can mm. you know, put in a, a claim and maybe get their job back. Or how's this? How does this process work? For, for the, I mean, well, this is very. And normally speaking, and I've been involved in quite a number of our Fair Work claims where employees have gone, and and we've always had a a successful outcome. Generally, what happens is that claim occurs at a, you make a claim to the Fair Work Commissioner and mediation is immediately um, in, encouraged that the parties get together within three weeks and, and basically sort their stuff out. Now, the sorting their stuff out could result in some form of financial compensation, an apology, some form of mediation, some form of adjustment to the workplace okay. or whatever. She's decided to jump over the um, that process, jump over the Fair Work Commission, gone straight to the... Um, the federal court jurisdiction as um, within the Fair Work um, legislation and gone straight to the federal court and made a claim. And the claim um, opens up compensation for her far bigger than, than 
the seventy-nine thousand dollars we talked about before. Be, but that the money is be. the money is this. Well, it could be hundreds of thousands. Really, okay. know, it could be hundreds of thousands. But it's a matter of how much damages has she suffered, how much future losses you know can be anticipated because she will not be able to work you know within the charity sector again oh. because she will be seen as a as a whistleblower. Yes. So is there potential loss of earnings and so forth? So the award for damages in this jurisdiction is so much higher. The issue, again, is not just uh, Natalie's situation, but it's um, the allegations of corruption and misconduct that, that fit, sit behind her allegations that are far more damning for Hillsong. So whether she gets a result or not, those other allegations now will have to be investigated by the statutory authorities. Okay. And I mean, what... And that's in motion now. So the Charity Commission now, so got the Australian Securities Commission mm. and now the Charities Commission who are actively involved in pursuing each of those uh, okay. allegations of okay. corruption and, and uh, pursuing two of them in particular, which we'll talk about shortly. Okay. I mean, because she rightfully had to come forth with that information, didn't she? I mean, and, and report them, I mean, in the course of... Well, that is her job. Yeah, that is her job. And if she didn't do her job, then she would be uh, could be penalised for not doing her job properly. So she's she's done her job by the book. Yep. At least that's what the um the, the um statement of claim uh, reflects in the uh, federal court. She's done her job. Now this the Australian Charities Commission has now stepped in and they're investigating. And so all these other issues, these twelve other accusations or uh, allegations of corruption. Uh, have a life of their own now. They will have okay. to be investigated by the commissioner, and they are being investigated by the commissioner. So even if Natalie Moses walked away from this, it's all too late anyway. What? Um, That's right. Right. Um, what onus of proof on Hillsong? Uh, onus of yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting. Okay, do you want to ask that question, Natalie, and, and I'll put um, it back to you. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, so what does Hillsong do in this fair work situation? Well, interesting enough, I mean, Hillsong are defending themselves, of course. They feel that they've got, um, they've got right on their side and, uh, and, they're, uh, and they've got God on their side, so they feel that they're uh, above reproach. And they even say that in their, um, in, in, Natalie even says that in her statement of claim that, um, that uh, I think the terms, the words that she's used are something to the effect of, you know, um, God protects the righteous and we are righteous and therefore yeah. uh, we're good to go. You know, we're, we're above reproach. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the law is the law and facts are facts. And one of my all-time favourite sayings, as the former uh, CFO of organisations and CEO, in particular of um, Australian, within, within the Australian Christian Churches, and now as a lawyer, one of, the, one of my favourite sayings is, get the facts or the facts get you. And uh, oh. Natalie has... Uh, has now revealed the facts, Ooh. and those facts are now going to be examined, qualified, um, and uh, who knows what will become of, of those twelve allegations. Well, I mean, this is so. Back back onto your point there, Natalie. Uh, <laughs> back onto your point there, Tanya, is um, is with the Hillsong, with the Fair Work Commission, and that's a very good point you've raised. The um, legislation, the Fair Work legislation, says if you make um, uh, an adverse action claim against an employer, the onus of proof is on Hillsong to prove that they are innocent of those claims. It's not on Natalie to prove that Ooh. they are guilty. 
they have to prove that they are innocent. And that's a very rare thing to do in law is to put the reverse onus of proof on anything. So um, how, be... sorry, how do they then defend that? Like, how do they prove they didn't do wrong? Well, they, well, that's the point. There's two things. Number one, they have to prove that Natalie was not uh, unfairly um, uh, discriminated against, unfairly, uh, her, her workplace was not, her work conditions and her work role was not unfairly uh, altered to her detriment and that she was not affected emotionally or mentally or any other way by the, the conduct of uh, Hillsong with regards to her employment there. You know, it, it's incumbent upon Hillsong to prove that these things did not happen. Secondly, it's incumbent upon Hillsong to prove that these allegations that she is, that Natalie is trying to reveal and discuss and, 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 and prevent or eliminate, that these allegations of corruption and misconduct are not true. There lies the challenge for Hillsong because you've got to unpack 10 years of history and you've got to make, okay. um, cover, you know, you've got to deal with each one of these allegations. And there lies the challenge, I think, for Hillsong. So one is she's got to, um, you know, they've got to defend uh, the case against Natalie, that these that adverse action has not occurred, but also that these allegations that she is making are not true. And unfortunately, the facts are the facts are the facts. Yeah, I, I that's a fantastic saying. I like that. Um, get the facts or the facts Facts get you. Yeah, I do. All the time, every time. And I don't understand with these pastors because so many of them kind of walk away or resign and they think it's just going to be okay and it's, we can just start over. But, um, you know, eventually somebody was going to come along who did a thorough job and kept thorough records and had integrity and it seems to have happened. I mean, tell me... Sorry, can you? Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem is that Natalie was employed to be integrous and diligent and competent, and she has exercised herself in, with integrity, diligently and competently, and she's now alleging that she's been punished for doing so because she's un, unearthed well, um, a great deal of uh, corruption. And look, with regards to um, the Australian Christian churches and with regards to um, the AOG generally, I know that story. You know, no, they don't have your back. You know, you, you are either a part of um, their pack or uh, you are, you know, you are the enemy. Either you're with me or you're against me. There's there's yeah. no middle ground for them. So you've been there, yeah? Been there, done that, and um, and suffered accordingly. And um, looking back over it, was, you know, um, while it was traumatic and uh, difficult to uh, to go through those uh, machinations with the executive, with the, within the AAG, within... Um, the Australian Christian churches. At the end of the day, um, you know, there's a big world out there, and the world is uh, full of people who are decent and righteous and competent and, and caring. Look, I see more integrity and more uh, civil conduct sometimes within corporations than I do within churches and in Hillsong and in other places like that. And to some degree, I know different. That's that's a big claim. And I mean, it, it just makes me wonder what's different about about Natalie Moses, about Queen Natalie, as we refer to her here on the show. Um, tell like tell us what you know about herself. Like, what's her background in this? What do we know? Yeah, well, as I was saying, um, she's been there for two years, 
And as a governance coordinator, that's a big deal. That means it's 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 a, a quasi or let's say in law de jure a de jure uh, role where you are representing the executive. You're representing the board in terms of compliance, in terms of risk management, in terms of conducting the organization's activities legally, transparently, and competently. And she's saying, well, number one, not only did she not see that, she saw active steps to act corruptly, not competently, but corruptly. And not only did she she experience that in her two years of involvement, but looking back through the books and the finances and minutes, she's saying, no, this has been a 10-year history. And let me say to you, this is this is not unfamiliar t- territory for Hillsong. Hillsong had gone through all this BS back in two, 10 years ago, 13 years ago, with 2009, with, um, with uh, I think it was uh, Hillsong uh, City Care and Mercy Ministries. Yes. With, remember when Darlene Check was involved in that, and now Darlene Check's no longer a part of Hillsong. And, uh, and, and they were reprimanded by the Australian, um, the ACCC in Australia, the, uh, the Competition Commission. They were reprimanded by the government and, and for misleading conduct in uh-huh. 2009. So this is not, you know, they were advertising to the world, we provide these free services to street kids and unfortunate children. But in reality, they were taking all their social, social security yep. monies and, yep. and doing all these other dodgy things. And the, the Australian Securities, the... Australian Competition and Securities Commission and other uh, entities had stepped in and they did an investigation and basically said, you guys are not competent, you're not integrous, we're going to suspend you and discipline you and punish you for doing so. And um, so, and this is the same organisation 10 years later, singing the same song, here we go, all over again. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, Now, Hillsong had a, I mean, Hillsong has a whistleblower policy internally um when people sign these ndas because this is a big concern out there there's a lot of students and employees all kinds of people who've signed their ndas which kind of which comes first like what covers what whistleblower policy legislation nda well we have in australia very very i think um well number one we have the highest in the most uh, regulated charity sector, possibly in the world now, um, because right. of new legislation that's come through, and that's what my thesis and my, my PhD research is. That's where my area of interest is wow. as, a, as a solicitor. Wow. You know, we have one of the most regulated uh, spaces in the world in terms of um, of external conduct, uh, charitable conduct, financial conduct within the charity sector, which Hillsong is a part of, and um, and so whistleblower provisions. Um, that sit behind an NDA. So every organization has got to have some confidentiality, some secrecy, some privacy in terms of how to conduct themselves, how to resolve problems and so forth. And a compliance uh, manager such as Natalie has an important role. She's got to try and deal with things internally. And there are also external legislation that protects Natalie from litigation. So she can actually go out to the world and say, to the statutory authorities, in this case, ASIC, the Australian Securities Commissioner, and say, listen, there's some serious concerns here. You need to know what's going on. And now that they know what's going on, investigations are in motion, and um, this that will have a whole life of its own well over and above Natalie's um, uh, litigation in this, in this issue. Um, I mean, I just, yeah, I, these NDAs are so powerful 
with people. I often wonder if. Duet- but they, but they're not, but they're not a sarcophagus. It's not a, it's not a, 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 a wall over. It's not a, a, it's not a sarcophagus that covers it all up. In Australia, we have much more transparency and accountability in in the sector. And so, if you are conducting yourself illegally as an organisation or as a charity, um, and and people internally, employees internally know about that. There are special provisions that enable them to come out and, to, and tell the story well, that and, is, and tell the world what's going on. That is really good news. That is really mm. good news. And I, I don't think many people that are as aware of that um, as they need mm. to be. I mean, what are your... And she needed of- to because the issues, the issues that she's raising um, here, Tanya, is they're very serious, <laughs> extremely serious issues. Okay. And, uh, and so she had no really choice but to, uh, to talk about what's going on behind the scenes. And well, so it's what's behind the scenes. So poor old Natalie, she may well be the martyr, you know, that, um, the, you know, she may have to spill some blood to get to this point. But this point has always, you know, it's taken 30 years to get to this point. Well, Here we are. Hillsong is now being investigated. You know, I, I, there were, you know, her other choice was to be complicit, which I'm, you know, Many other people must have been previously. What are your like it get, having had so much experience in this sector? Like, what are your observations of Hillsong <laughs> charity? Well, okay, well, number, a couple of things. As I said before, um, I've been involved um, with uh, Pat, or Pat City, for example. Let's talk about Pat, and let's talk about Hillsong City Care back mm. 2009, or even before then. Um, Look, Hillsong has always been surrounded by a scandal, um, whether it be um, Padma City using the Hillsong credit card, you know, for years, you know, buying prostitutes, or whether it's um, largesse, you know, gifts and donations that have been... Hillsong's always been surrounded by by some form of scandal, one thing or another. Again, too, when I said, with regards to Hillsong City Care, with Mercy Ministries, and they're defrauding their clients yeah. back in 2009, you know... Um, when you do anything in life, you're going to draw some legal attention. But when you do things dodgy or sloppy or corruptly, of course you're going to draw attention. Mm. It doesn't mean that the world who's, a, who's dealing with this is evil and you are good. And that's what the argument they're trying to approach, they take. Yeah. So we are righteous and, the, and our adversaries, yeah. in this case, including Natalie, are evil and they're attacking us. No, the rule of law applies to everyone equally. And including everyone includes Hillsong. Oh, okay. Um, they're not above reproach. You know, they're, they're not. They're not better. Um, Churches aren't better. Hillsong's not better. They're not. They're not exempt. Rules are rules. The law is the law. The facts are the facts. Do conduct yourself properly, or get out of the game. You said earlier there were twelve allegations in in this statement of claim. Can you tell us what they are? Absolutely. Yeah, Natalie has made uh, 12 allegations of corruption and misconduct, or some, and not even necessarily corruption, but breaches, breaches of policies and procedures, breaches of regulations. Um, so there's a number of things, and I'll, I'll quickly try and walk you through what they are and, and bundle them up together for you um, and for your listeners. Number one, there is a thing in Australia called external conduct rules. In other words, you can't just send money overseas to anyone because of you know because you have a charitable interest or you want to make a, 
transaction because you believe in something or someone that's doing something somewhere in the world. Because of money laundering, modern slavery concerns, national security issues, um, terrorism funding and so forth, the laws of charities and corporations have been increased and refurbished and renovated to ensure that money laundering, money, money, modern slavery and national security issues are managed and maintained. Natalie has made a number of complaints that Hillsong has said, you know what, with those rules, stuff the rules, they don't apply to us, we're going to do whatever we want. And her accusations um, refer to at least four um, claims where those external conduct rules for the, for the charity have been breached. In other words, large sums of money have moved around complete with complete disregard to the external conduct rules that apply to, char to, um, to Hillsong charities. So these include anything from $10,000 that was supposed to be paid to Romania. They just said, you know what, we can't pay Romania. Let's just let's do something dodgy. This is her, her um, claim. Yeah. And let's send it through America first. Let's send it through our church in America and get the American church to send it over that $10,000 oh. over to the Romanian pastor. Again, the same thing in India. They were given $3.5 million worth of PPE you know, during COVID for, a, you know, um, for... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Um, personal protective equipment. And there was monies involved in logistics and getting that equipment to um, the, the Indians to do that. And her accusation here is that there was large sums of money that was misdirected and misappropriated to, to do that. Uh, again, the same thing with... There was donations taken up to support the church, the Hillsong Church in in the Ukraine, and again because of the invasion from Russia, and again because the monies weren't done weren't sent properly or weren't sent according to the rules in Australia, they were sent through America or whoever else to work around the rules. Um, she said, "Look, this is a breach of of, uh, of the law and breach of policy." Now these are relatively small fish, three and a half million there. Ukraine, oh, there, ten thousand dollars to Romania. Okay. Conversely, there's one other allegation of five percent of Hillsong's revenue that was sent over to America mm -hmm. outside of the um, outside of the 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 rules and regulations that apply to international transfers. Now, five percent for Hillsong is a lot of money. Hillsong turnover, in my assessment, in their uh, published uh, financial reports, between eighty and $100 million. Yeah. That's, that's between 4 and $5 million. But they've just basically thumbed their nose to Australian regulators and said, we're going to send this chunk of money over to America because we're Hillsong. The rules don't apply to us. And it's an interesting uh, it's one. Um, it's an interesting one as well because the Kasevichs, the Ukrainian pastors, reported that 5% of every church's takings go back to Brian. So I don't think five. That sounds like a, 
That sounds like a franchise fee to me. Well, it, it really is a franchise model. Um, I had thought of it as a, uh, a, a Ponzi scheme, but it seems to operate more like a franchise. Uh, so that, you know, I don't think that 5% figure is arbitrary is all I'm saying. Sorry, please. Continue. Ah, interesting. Interesting. So anyway, so there's a bundle of accusations or allegations that range between $10 million and between four or $5 million uh, in terms of, the, in terms of uh, inappropriate or breaches of, of international funds transfers. The second bundle of accusations or allegations is um, unlawful transfers of charitable funds that come from one type of charity to another type of charity. In Australia, we have two types of charities. One type of charity has deductible gift recipients. In other words, tax-deductible donations from the public go towards charities that provide services for physical necessities, education, housing, food, and so forth. Spiritual necessities, organized churches, do not have tax-deductible or DGR-deductible gift recipient status. Okay. Now, I know it sounds like a technical thing, but if you use funds that were raised for um, health services or housing and so forth, and then redirected those funds for spiritual things to purchase a church, for example, that's fraud. Now, what Hillsong have done is said, thank you very much for that $9 million. We will convert that into a loan for the purchase of a church. And that was not what the purpose of the money was raised for. It was raised for physical necessities. But Hillsong have said, thank you very much for that. We will use those funds and convert that into, you know, the purchase of a church. Like Package it any way you want. Tell, tell any story you want. Roll it in any, any sugar and spice you want. Uh-huh. Fraud is fraud is fraud. Ooh, uh, and, that's, and, that's what, and that's what she's um, uh, alleging here. That uh, fraud has occurred. So, so there's a, there a number of those. There's three, there's three of those. Uh, and they're big deals, like the purchase of Testable Hall. Yeah. You, it was, um, was, and she's saying... Natalie is saying that these funds were used, deductible, you know, tax deductible gift monies were used, um, uh, were acquired through Hillsong City Care, for example, but then redirected to Hillsong Church, the parent entity, to purchase Festival Hall for another church in another location. So, in other words, it's a redirection or a misappropriation of funds. That's what she's alleging. The second thing there, of course, is the same thing $2 million was done the same sort of dodgy way with regards to Hillsong College. I need you to There's hold that one. thought. I need you to hold that thought right there. We've got less than one minute. I'll send you mm-hmm. this um uh this link in within the next two minutes. I'm sorry. We'll just end this now. Cool. All right. Well, hold that right there, please. Yep, so there's those three DGR claims, deductible gift recipient. In other words, inappropriate or illegal transfers from, from one type of charity that has special provisions to a different type of charity, churches that have less or more restricted conditions, and they've just transferred funds any willy-nilly, and that's her claim. And look, you might put it as a loan, and that could be if it's commercial arrangements in place and there's interest being paid and so forth, happy days, but... It's up to the Charity Commission now to investigate and qualify whether these things are fraudulent or not. The sheer fact that, that, that this type of 
activity that is occurring. We're raising funds for physical necessities, but redirecting those funds to purchase, you know, $9 million church buildings and, you know, $2 million, you know, for Hillsong College and, and so on and so forth, you know, $9 million to offset a debt with regards to Hillsong. That was another uh, accusation here that's being investigated. $9 million was used from charity services to pay down debts from Hillsong Church itself. These are, you know, these are very serious concerns. Then there's other issues too. Mm-hmm. There's funds that were paid to Tokyo, for example, but it was done again outside of the, the external conduct rules we talked about before. And they were done in such a way that funds were paid and there was a series of transaction errors. In other words, you know, that was done in such a way that it, it looked dodgy. It was dodgy, but and it looked dodgy. And perception there is the compliance manager was, these are inappropriate transactions and they should never have been done. Whether you put them as transaction errors or not, it's irrelevant. You should never have done those transactions. There, the, the two of the general um, was, number one, there was a breach of our external conduct rules in terms of sending money around the world. Number two, there's illicit or... This dodgy transfers of funds within the organisation to purchase churches when they should have been providing services. Okay. The, yeah. Then there's the third thing of Tokyo, for example, which is outright administrative, contrived administrative errors, you know, where we, we'll just cover up by doing, you know, saying this, we did that, but we'll say this. The next one is the issue of royalties. And what she's, Natalie, is making an accusation here or an allegation here that millions, millions of dollars were paid to musicians yeah. as royalties now royalties that's okay it's okay to have royalties but when you use the word millions and royalties and charity in the same sentence is a little bit disturbing and and disconcerting for the average pundit and the average um, member who actually gives those funds whether yeah. public donors or internal um, church members that's part of the concern the bigger concern here is that these musicians were paid as pastors. Now, pastors have to be recognised and registered with the Australian government as a pastor. Do they? Um, and so these, they should be, absolutely, well, because pastors in Australia have have very unusual and broad and unique yes. privileges, tax privileges that no right. one else has. Right. In other words, they don't pay tax. You don't have to pay tax as a pastor if you have all your money paid into a fringe benefit tax account, oh exemption account. Okay. And a musician is a musician, a pastor is a pastor. They are two separate species of animal. However, if you want to join them together, there should be a paper trail that reflects that. So yeah. when a guy is on the stage playing guitar, is he a pastor or is he a musician? Which one is it? Yeah. And they just deemed everyone who's on stage as a pastor, therefore, let's just pay them millions of dollars in royalties. And they paid half their, their fee Mm. As as fringe benefits, as a as a tax exemption or tax avoidance scheme, because they deemed them to be pastors. Now, whether they're pastors or not is yet to be seen. But her allegation there is that royalties were paid inappropriately because of, of deeming them pastors, so they didn't have to pay tax on their millions of dollars yeah, worth of royalties. It's, it's been a, so that's a big deal. It's it's just it's been an ongoing issue that comes up because obviously back in the day they went to Bible college and they got credentials and then after all that growth, you know, anybody that was kind of good looking with tattoos got a a, a you know, a pastor label. And I'm wondering how far this this actually really branches out. That's all because yeah. Um mm. so so what you're saying is that if you want those tax breaks, you'd better have some 
there's requirements of credentials or something before you get to just call yourself a pastor and claim the the tax yeah oh absolutely there there is uh, requirements to uh you know if if i'm going to pay you as a pastor are you a pastor or are you not because what happens is when i pay you as a pastor and i'm not paying taxes on that income or you're not paying taxes on the income the state the state the government the public offset those taxes yeah. for yeah. you yes so it's so it's it's the state that's underwriting your tax you know your taxes there and paying your taxes on your behalf as it were so it's a big deal to to not pay your taxes and to deem people as pastors, particularly if they're not. And if they're not pastors, that's fraud. Spin it any way you want. Fraud is fraud. You know, it's a big deal. And there's there's a a number of allegations to that effect. Another uh, allegation that that Natalie has made is an issue of remuneration. And now I know this all too well, both firsthand and also in terms of my observations with Hillsong over the last um, uh, 20-odd years. Mm. In other words... Natalie has made two interesting allegations of, number one, the enormous largesse of substantial cash honorariums that we've been paid to our Hillsong speakers and others, just large cash gifts. Now, again, to Hillsong is regulated by the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profit Charity Commission, and there are rules and regulations on how much you can and should pay and how much you shouldn't, you know, because charities are charities. So they're not about making millionaires. Okay. And I know Hillsong has sponsored and hosted and promoted programs like, you know, the mind of a millionaire and so mm-hmm. forth and all about this, mm-hmm. you know, prosperity doctrine. And so when people give to a church or give to charities, they give for service and humanitarian outcomes. They don't give to largesse, you know, so pastors can drive around, you know, in European sports cars and live in luxury homes on the harbour and so forth. You know, those days are over. Charity is supposed to be charity. Yeah. Gifts are gifts. Yeah. You know, service is service. If you want to live like a, a Hollywood rock star, then go to Hollywood and be a rock star or whatever. And the rules and the regulations are catching up trying to, to facilitate that. And so Natalie has made uh, an allegation here that in her observation, large, substantial, well, in her words, substantial cash on rarians or gifts were made to speakers. And look, that's that's very familiar to the whole prosperity doctrine yeah. of a lot of these Pentecostal churches, of course. The next uh, allegation that she's made is uh, one of a cover-up. So Natalie has approached her superior, the CFO of, of Hillsong, to deal with some of these issues. And at that stage, the Australian Charities Commissioner had, has come in and they were investigating two issues in particular. Mm-hmm. And her accusation or her concern is that even though there's investigations going on, the CFO had asked to Natalie, we need to make up a story. We need to contrive or fabricate yeah. a story to cover up what's going on here. Can you help us do this? And she's basically said, no, <laughs> I'm here to, to ensure compliance and governance and proper accountability. I'm not going to cover up this. And so she put that as a list of an allegation. And that will be investigated, of course, by the Charities Commission. There's another, and, and, and consistent with all this story, of course, is the issues of conflict of interest. In other words, another accusation or allegation that she's made is large sums of funds were used to purchase gifts, either cash gifts or designer gifts, which is an interesting term and phrase, designer gifts, yeah. you know, buying, you know, fancy handbags or shoes or whatever designer gifts that might appeal, you know, between the Houston family, the Houston family friends, board directors, board directors' families, and so on and so forth. So there's large sums of cash and, mm. you know, European 
handbags and shoes and goodness knows what else and watches and whatever. It reminds it reminds me of in Winnie the Pooh when, you know, there was like rabbit, but then there was all of rabbit's friends and relations and stuff because it actually says, you know, to Houston, his family, friends, board directors and their families. That's yeah. a lot of people. It's it look it doesn't look good. Here's a church that's raising funds from mums and dads who don't send their kids to private schools, who sacrifice to give their 10%, 20%, 30%, whatever they give, their their tithes, which is 10%, and offerings, which is above their 10%. And this is after tax money. This is money that they're not taking home. You know, they're not investing in their lives and their families. They're giving to the church. And Hilson and and her accusation is, well, Brian and Bobby and and co have said, thank you for that money. We're going to live like kings and queens, and we're going to parade around. And and, uh, and and reward ourselves with all these fancy designer gifts and cash and so forth because we're special and we're entitled to these uh, honorariums and gifts. And and the, the charity law does not accommodate that anymore. The other big issue here is a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's issues of conflicts of interest and covering up remuneration largesse. Mm-hmm. Royalties paid to our pastors who should not have, who were never pastors and transaction errors contrived manipulated transaction errors and large cash donations to the terms of millions of dollars that were paid around the world in complete breach of the, the regulations and rules that apply to, to Hillsong Church and to Hillsong Charities. So whether those things are true or not, we will see. Well, but what Any one of those, any ones. So these are lots of, I mean, similar but quite separate accusations like what can Hillsong do here what are their options well when you say they're similar they're similar because they all come under the broader well, ambit money, of, money. Of, of corruption and money and financial misappropriation yeah. they're different at a technical level but corruption is corruption is corruption and Natalie as the compliance and governance officer of, of the charity saying you know what this is corruption I tried to deal with it you didn't want to deal with it yeah. I went externally now you're punishing me for doing my job. So let's see how the, the court deals with, with me. But let's see how the, the, the commissions deal with Hillsong. She might lose the battle, but she might win the war. You know, who knows how this is going to come out. But one thing I can assure you of is that the commissions, uh, in terms of the, the Australian Securities Commission, the asset the company uh, commissioner and the charity commissioner are both actively involved in dealing with Hillsong, in dealing with these issues of tax evasion, okay. tax and misappropriation and collusion and corruption. These are very serious issues. And like a link in a chain, all you need is one of them to break. And the result could be that Hillsong could lose its charity registration. Okay. The result could be, yeah, it's a big deal. To lose your charity registration is a big deal in Australia. You can operate still, but you can't gain government grants. You can't gain Tax exemptions. Oh no! And the tax exemptions are extensive. Oh no! For pastors, for churches, for personal income, you know, it, it, they can't get government grants. It's a big deal. So the consequences of these allegations, if they're true, are substantial. It may even involve criminal fraud charges against the CFO. Well, okay. I mean, it so like you keep saying fraud. And that's not that's not un, that's not un, that's not uncommon to occur where uh, officers within, within an organisation who have conducted themselves illegally to cover things up or to do other transactions, 
pollutants, mm. corruption, and so forth. It's not uncommon for those uh, officers to be charged and criminally punished. It's not uncommon for the organisation to be civilly punished and deregistered. Okay. These things are not uncommon. It can happen. And with 12 allegations like this, all you need is one of them to stick. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that. I mean, that that must be terrifying I'm, uh, for them. I'm wondering. So so the allegation being that the CFO actually asked Natalie Moses to, help, you know, help construct a story. Is there any kind of aggravated circumstance to that, you know, trying to get somebody else into the, the mess and the web? Well, it's interesting word, aggravated. Natalie is the compliance officer. She, her job is to ensure that governance is maintained. So for the CFO to collude with the governance um, officer to cover up or to collude and make up some story as to how and why funds were transferred the way they were outside of the rules and regulations. In this case, that's a criminal issue. It's also a civil issue for the church, but it's a criminal issue for the, for the parties involved, in this case, the CFO. And criminal issues result normally in, in prison time okay. or financial penalties and civil complaints of this nature resolve in deregistration or penalties or citations that come in and they say, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it from here on in if you want to keep your registration. I just am fascinated by how have they got away with it all for so long then? <laughs> well, interesting enough, Hillsong has not got away with it for so long. Hillsong City Care, for example, as I said before, in 2009, when the uh, Mercy Ministries was being investigated, the, the, the directors involved were disciplined, suspended, yeah. had to go to yeah. education programs, you know, to how to conduct themselves properly. You know, and Darlene Check, who was the, the face of Hillsong back in the day, is no longer a part of Hillsong because of, you know, in, in that case, it was probably error or, you know, naivety oh. or even misconduct. It, who knows? Mm. These issues, these accusations are much more directed towards criminal misconduct. So you think you would have learned 10 years ago how to, well, how to discipline yourself and conduct yourself more professionally and competently and ethically. But here we are 10 years later going through the same situation. Yeah. But in this yeah. case, the penalties are higher and the volumes of money involved is more substantial. It's, it's, I mean, it just sounds huge. And these are perhaps we could think only 12 of the situations that are going on then, I guess, because our Queen Natalie there, um, she did download 40,000 documents <clears throat> on the way. So I'm guessing there's a lot of a lot of evidence there. But just, yeah, I wonder how they've made it through the last 10, 12 years at this well, level. So um, blatant and, and flagrant and, you know... Charities in Australia work on the presump the legal, the statutory presumption of innocence. That there's a, a presumption of honesty and there's a presumption of public benefit. Okay. In other words, because you say you're going to do something that's going to benefit society, we presume you're, you're telling the truth. Wow. We presume you're honest and we presume that what you say you're going to do oh, is going God. to benefit the public. That presumption can be revoked if it's been investigated and found that those activities of corruption and, and uh, misconduct, if they if they prove that, that you have been acting corruptly, that you have been dodgy about how you flow funds around the place, looking after yourself, giving yourself large gifts and so forth, if the Charity Commission says, 
well, we gave you the presumption. We gave you an assumption that you were honest and that you were serving the public benefit. But on, on investigation, it does not appear that you are honest. And on investigation, it does not appear that you're adding to the public benefit. They can then revoke Hillsong's charity registration. And that's when the world comes apart. I mean, they rely so much on people giving them money. That is a whole nother podcast. Uh, yeah, it just sounds uh, Kenya, like... the, the whole The whole financial oh. infrastructure that around that supports this industry and supports the, um, the parties is extraordinary of all countries in the world, particularly in Australia. And because of my background and involvement, and now as a lawyer, it, it, it is it, right picking. It's low fruit for me to, to identify these issues of all these financial privileges and then compare that against all this history of child abuse, for example, with Frank Houston and, and so forth. You want all this money, but you cover up all this abuse. Really, in this modern day, is that how you should be conducting yourself? And, and society is saying, enough's enough. Yeah, absolutely. I do always think of the concrete guy down the road that gets up at four in the morning and, you know, works 12, 16-hour days, and these guys mm-hmm. are buying Louis Vuitton, and it's obscene, and it's unjust, and it's illegal. It's, it, it's that sense of entitlement that I think the um, the public feel offended by. You know, people who 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 earn wages, who work hard, as you say, yeah. like the concrete are made yeah. and so forth, and they give out of spiritual conviction. Yes. Because the pastor says, if you bless the church, God will bless you. Yeah. But in blessing the church, it means here's a chunk of cash that we can go, you know, and buy, you know, That's European cool. clothes and cars and goodness knows. Or, yeah, and then church buildings and so forth. So I think the general society has, has had a gutful of religious largesse. I mean, the French Revolution, the, the Revolution in Russia and all throughout Europe reflects that sentiment of, you know, enough's enough. If you want to conduct yourself spiritually, go and do your thing. But don't ask us as a state to underwrite it financially and don't conduct yourself criminally and, and, and evade all the other taxes and regulations that are involved because anyone else who does it gets punished for it. Hillsong, you might call yourself righteous, but the, the rule of law still applies to you like it applies to everyone else. And aren't they going to find that out in a bunch of ways? Really find out. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time and expertise. I, I can't thank you enough, and I really, really hope you'll come back and help us out again in the future. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you very much, Tanya, and all the best to you and your listeners. Thank you very much. And all the best for your PhD thesis. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. See ya. See ya. Bye.